Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Perhaps you've seen that irreverent internet meme. Sometimes it's a bumper sticker. It says, lead me not into temptation. I can find it by myself. Seriously, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer is challenging. Lead us not into temptation, Jesus teaches us to pray. And at first glance, that's a troubling prayer. Lead us not into temptation raises this question. Is it possible that God would lead someone maybe into temptation? And why? These questions, in fact, led Pope Francis uh, to encourage all Catholic churches to change the wording of that petition away from lead us not into temptation to let us not fall into temptation. Now, there's no way that you can faithfully translate the Greek that Jesus teaches us to uh, let us not fall into temptation. It just sounds nicer. Uh, But on the other hand, it makes God passive and us passive too. Uh, Lead us not into temptation is what Jesus teaches. But what does it mean? The brother of Jesus, James, says very clearly in James 1.13, God tempts no one. Let no one say, James writes, when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot tempt by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Part of the challenge with translating, lead us not into temptation, is that word temptation. In Greek, it can mean uh, variously trial, testing, or temptation. The meaning is determined by the context. But there's a clear difference, right, between temptation 
and trial or testing. A temptation is given, we understand it to be given for the purpose of causing sin. God never does that. He never seeks to cause anyone to sin. That's the business of the tempter, the devil, and our own flesh gladly plays in to the part. But testing and trial, indeed the scriptures are filled with many examples of God leading his people into and through trial and testing. But it's not given to cause sin, but it's given to cause and lead to spiritual growth, strength, and learning. Now in the midst of a trial, it's always unpleasant to the flesh. And it's true, God leads us places where our flesh simply would prefer not to go. But we have been given the faith to trust that even in the moment of great trial and temptation and testing, that our lives are in God's hands and that he will work out all things for the good of those who love him. And so it is in today's gospel that immediately after Jesus was baptized, he was led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led into the lonely wilderness to experience a time of testing, trial, and temptation. But this, what we see unfolding in the life of Jesus, uh, isn't uh, something that happens to everybody. This was a singular uh, event that God was working out for the good of those who love him. Jesus was, had to be tempted in every way, specifically in the worst way, not for his own sake, but for us. You see, Jesus went through the Jordan River in the same way that ancient Israel went through the Red Sea. He went out into the same wilderness to experience the temptation that Israel faced in that same wilderness. And where in the story of Israel's 40 years of wandering, we know how they were unwilling to remain faithful to God's word. We know that they succumbed time and time again to temptation. Jesus was radically different. In parallel, but in distinction, Jesus was hungry. Now, when Israel was in the wilderness, they were hungry. They complained. They doubted God's word. But Jesus was faithful and remained in prayer. And thinking even further back, where Adam and Eve hungered and craved for a forbidden fruit, Jesus craved to feast upon God's true word and his righteous commands. When Israel rejected God's word, Jesus used God's word as his only weapon. He didn't use some super, supernatural weapon to overcome and defeat Satan. He used the word that had been given to God's people of all times, his clear word given to us in the Bible, where Israel in the end uh, bowed down and worshiped at Mount Sinai, not the true God, but a God of a golden calf fashioned by Aaron's hands. Jesus refused. Jesus uh, diligently and faithfully and consistently served his father and worshiped him alone. And it's not just Israel that Jesus' wilderness temptations are parallel to. 
Jesus is living out temptations that are parallel to the temptations you and I face every day. When Satan tempted Jesus to transform stones into bread, it seems like such a small thing, just a little thing. Jesus, of course, being the true son of God, had the power to do it. In the same way, Satan tempts us to use our responsibilities, our vocations, our privileges in this world, not as uh, opportunities to serve our neighbor, but as opportunities to serve ourselves. Jesus refuses. In the second temptation, Satan twists the scriptures saying, God will command his angels concerning you. He won't let you perish in this way. And he appeals to that human desire that we all have for a dramatic miracle to prove God's power and existence. We even, in our weakness, demand that God would do a miracle to deliver us. But Jesus remains faithful. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. In the final temptation, the devil makes uh, something of a compromise with Jesus, and it had an appeal. Why did Jesus come into this world? He came into the world to save the world. And the devil says, easy. Make a deal with me, bow down, just bend the knee for a moment, and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. The temptation was for Jesus to compromise, to justify the means by saying, this is a good end. The whole world would belong to Jesus. And if Jesus would make that deal, he wouldn't have to suffer. He wouldn't have to feel the agony of the cross. But he refused. He refused to compromise. He refused to waver on the truth. Jesus chose the way of the cross. He chose the way of shame, the way of pain and burden and guilt so that he could truly and fully and righteously save the world. What Jesus was doing in today's gospel reading was fulfilling the Old Testament, all of it, in ways that none of us could do so that he could save us in a way that none of us could do. Back to that meme on the internet, it's easy for us to find our way into temptation. What's impossible is for us to deliver us, for, to rescue ourselves, to spare ourselves from temptation. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're praying that God would save us from ourselves, from the desires of our flesh, from our weakness and proclivity towards the devil's temptations. The sixth petition, lead us not into temptation, goes hand in hand with the next petition, and deliver us from evil, or rescue us from the evil one. You see, that is why Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Jesus was led into temptation so that he could lead us out of and away from temptation. Jesus came to rescue me from temptation, from falling to temptation. He came to rescue us from the enemy so that he could bring us out from the wilderness of this world to paradise. This much is certain, during our Lenten journey, you and I will feel temptations, and they will be burdensome and annoying, and they will be enticing. But we find comfort in this, 
that the same weapon that Jesus used to ward off and drive away the devil, that same weapon has been placed in our hands and in our ears and in our hearts. Jesus used this weapon alone, the word of God. He was faithful to the word of God, and that's why our Lenten season is filled with prayer and devotion and study of God's word, because God is equipping us to, uh, to stand firm in the time of temptation and remain faithful to his commandments. I've not always loved this verse from Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, because sometimes it's taken out of context, like we have the power to resist the devil. This is not that sermon. I don't have the power to resist the devil. None of us do. But Christ alone does, and he did. So hear the words of St. Paul in that light. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. The way of escape, that's Jesus. Jesus is our way out of temptation. And so we pray daily and often and much, O Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as we pray that prayer, we arm ourselves with the word of God. And that word, indeed it does, that powerful active word of God drives away the enemy. It comforts our consciences and it will bring us to Easter and at the last to resurrection in paradise. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.